internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. Uh, I didn't tell Erica that I was going to do this on here, but it just occurred to me that we should probably announce our hiatus, mm-hmm. Erica. R- Ryan, you are the last episode of True Crime Binge for the near future. Congratulations, I think. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> right. And, uh, no and we're your. <laughs> yeah, where you're at in New Zealand, that's uh, it actually happens a day later than it happens for the rest of us. So that plays into this somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, real, real quick to our audience, we've just got we've got a bunch of stuff going on and a bunch of moving parts right now. And Erica and I have decided we're going to we're going to hit pause on true crime bins for a little bit. Uh, we plan to be back. We just have to get some things in order for a little while. So, and I'm sure the ones of you that that listen every week are. Really bummed out about that, but we'll be back. Sorry, mom. Sorry, Erica's mom. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Erica's mom. <laughs> and uh, with that said, Ryan, as our final guest, uh, you better bring it today. The final guest of the. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try. Yeah, we were just discussing before we before we hit record that um, I didn't remember where New Zealand was until the moment I heard Ryan say one word, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that's it. It's down there by Australia." That's Bob's really bringing his A game for our our potential final episode. Yeah, yeah strong, yeah. strong geography game that I have going on. But now you you were telling a story right before that that you said you you went to Canada and because of where you're from and nobody knows anything about New Zealand apparently that you can get away with anything and you told the people in Canada that there's no moon <laughs> in Australia and you laughed and I was like ha 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 but then I was like wait is there no moon in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is he just telling a story or is this a joke? I'm not sure. Which part are we right. supposed to laugh at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, are they idiots because they thought there was no moon or are they idiots because they didn't know they were in it? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a moon here. But, um, uh, yeah. Follow just... up, is it the same moon that we have here? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not sure. laugh at me, Erica. <laughs> Maybe the QAnon followers might say something different, but I'm not sure. I think it's the same. Right. Is is your waning why ours is waxing? We don't know. It's a mystery That's the world question, will probably though. never figure out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that there'll be some listener out there that knows. Yeah, and they'll, call, and they'll, they'll be know. sure to call me an idiot on the <laughs> internet, People love as people love to do. Ryan, thanks for joining me. <laughs> thanks for having me, Bob and uh, Erica. Especially all the way from New Zealand. I know the the timing was a little different. So is it – I just saw you drinking coffee. Is it morning morning time there? It is morning. It's a good time though. Nine o'clock. It's um, – I don't know if you can see behind me through the window. It's a nice blue sky day. Uh, we're in spring nice. here. So, yeah. Ground myself up Not in us. a nice little coffee. It's, it's snowing like crazy here. I can barely mm-hmm. see out my window. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, yeah. 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 Is it is it snowing down in Indy yeah, also, Erica? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. happy about it. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> Let's go to Over New Zealand. it. Yeah. Why do I <laughs> still Zealand live here? Check out that moon. <laughs> yeah, right. <exactly. laughs> check out that New Zealand moon. So um, is it just all this uh, This occurred to me that uh, why what I did to look outside today, I saw my dogs outside playing and I thought it was so nice. And Erica tells me that, that you've just celebrated uh, your dog's Achilles birthday, first birthday. 
<laughs> oh, you do your research. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some call yes. it research. Others call it stalking. It's, you know, yeah, different. Yeah, it depends how you look it's at it. It's a fine line. Uh, he's a German shepherd. Yeah, he's um, he's just turned a year old. Yeah, and I always like to spoil my, my dogs when it comes to that. My last shepherd, he passed away uh, last year at the same sort of time. Um, so there's the, there's the dead pet. We, yep, we can't yep, get through yep. an episode without a dead pet <laughs> mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cue wouldn't the sad be, wouldn't music. be a true crime binge episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, German shepherd, he, he's awesome, but you know, one year old, he's very full on, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love yeah. it. So I, I just posted an Instagram reel today because, so I have a, a year old German short haired pointer and a nine year old German shepherd. And the the puppy is bringing out the puppy and my old man German Shepherd. So I was like, it just warmed my heart to look out and see rickety old Ruger out there just Aww. trying to prance around and play with the play with the puppy out in the snow this morning. Uh, my mum actually bred um, GSPs, um, and she used to send them over this overseas and stuff. So um, yeah, they're good dogs, good dogs. So yeah, the great great mm. dogs. So she bred them there in New Zealand. In New Zealand, and then shipped yeah. Them- yeah, well, I think they were really well bred, and she would ship them all over the place if people wanted them, kind of thing. But um, good hunting dogs. Yeah, that's what mine's. Well, he's he also sleeps on my pillow, but he's <laughs> he is my bird hunting dog, also. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. So we do we do both run here now. Now you are by trade an interesting combination, uh, an actor and a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of led an eclectic a life of eclectic mix of different things, but yeah, I went to law school. I was sort of always an actor, I guess, you know, through school, drama and everything, but I never really considered it a possible profession. Um, went to law school and then uh, at some point coming through there, I sort of started getting into it. Um, and I um, don't know if you remember a, a TV show called Spartacus that was on. Yes. Yeah, I did. Um, So I sort of got involved with that in the stunt department. So, yeah, I did, I think, season... Got to got to go back two and three in that. Yeah. Um. So there's just a lot of stunt work and stuff. Um. Sword fighting and basic things. I, I wasn't sort of some crazy stunt man, but you know, you know, doing sort of in the middle of a bit of acting, and then from there I started doing some more acting roles. And um, yeah, in New Zealand, some different TV shows, a lot of TV commercials. Sort of never got my big break, but you know, for a few years there. And up until now, yeah, it kind of became a, a way to actually sort of, it was my primary income, let's put it that way. Oz, one day, True Crime Binge reach out to you, and finally, your big break. <laughs> you get to- I know. <laughs> this, is, this is it, right? On the final episode. <laughs> yeah. So, Erica, you, your eyes lit up. I, I take it you've watched Spartacus? Yes, I loved that show. And I like, because it's three seasons. The first season, for those of you who don't know, the Spartacus is played by a one actor and then unfortunately he passed away and then he was replaced which is normally a very difficult thing for them to pull off but they did it it was a very interesting way they approached that show and it's not for everybody like if you like game of thrones you might like spartacus i thought it was brilliant yes i love it but there's bob there's a lot of dick jokes in the beginning of season two so you'd like it (laughs) oh well then i'm in you know i love a good dick joke Uh, it's not a comedy either (laughs) i remember my first day on um i don't know if this is what the pg rating of the show is but i remember the first day i I was ever um on there because i was in stunts but they were like hey man like we're short an extra for um the scene if you want to go and i was like oh okay i had no idea and i get there and it was just tna everywhere because it was some (laughs) orgy scene or something and they they needed like they needed like a 
<laughs> they needed a guard to stand at a, at a you know, and <laughs> right. That was the only time. Where, I I saw- <laughs> where can I stream Spartacus while we're on top? <laughs> uh, it was on Probably the on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the Stars Network back in the day. But- nice, nice. Mm. So, so you were a stuntman in that. So, like when the actor had to do something dangerous, you you pretended to be the actor. No, nah, so more, um, you know, like it was more to do with like there's a lot of big battle scenes and fight scenes in that show. So we would have a sort of there was about twenty of us that were sort of specifically trained to do certain fights. So you might have if you've got the two leads, say fighting in the foreground. We might be the battle guys that are like just that next step behind, oh, okay. like, you know, having big battles. And yeah, so we were the ones that were always there sort of actually kind of getting hurt. But we're part of the big fights, not necessarily like a stunt double. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So we were more just part of the big, big fight scenes. And there was there was a lot of those. So, yeah. You know, one thing I notice about Amer- about actors that aren't American they tend to be very good at, especially the ones that are on like American. Show. I don't know if you've ever been on it. Was it was Spartac? Well, it's produced by Stars. That's an American company. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to? Do, well, you did. You it sounds like you probably didn't have speaking lines in that. But no. one thing I always, I'm, I'm always impressed by people that can completely mask their accent. You know, a lot yeah. of British actors. You like, I'll watch them interview. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like how do they like? Why yeah. do they have that? Yeah, I mean, if, on, if you um, had any training in hiding your accent, yeah. So on Spartacus, no, I, I wasn't, but um, I did. I was on the Shannara Chronicles, which was another TV show, which was an American show, and I had to do an American accent on that show. I was only on there for an episode or two, but yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, um, I guess it's it is it amazes even me because some of these people are so good at it. But I suppose for us, it's we're listening to American media our entire lives, right? So, uh huh. I would, I'd be scared if I was an American trying to do an Australian or a Kiwi accent. <laughs> that would be really Yeah, yeah. Can you give us, give us your, your best rendition of an American accent? I want to know what we sound like. That's mean. You got to put them on the spot. Uh, your best rendition of American accent. What, Bob or, or Erica? Wow. <laughs> now I'm going to give you my Kiwi accent. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to give you my Kiwi accent. Because <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, us Americans, we watch only our own media and nobody else's. So. Yeah. Listen, we are we believe that we're the center of the yeah. earth and everything revolves around us and everyone should conform to our our ideals. Yeah. And by the way, we don't know what those are. Our ideals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't even agree on that on that stuff. So, you said that being an actor was your primary income, but you're a lawyer. So, are you a practicing lawyer? Yes, yeah, so no. I mean, so when I went through, it was kind of one of those things when I went through law school, it was sort of in the back of my mind, I thought maybe I'll be a criminal lawyer. Um, that was what I was interested in. But I was also involved in a couple of different sort of business things with some friends. And I was sort of, I always knew I wasn't likely to actually be a lawyer, but I always just felt it was a really good sort of framework to have for life in mm-hmm. general and anything I might get into. Um I think I did go to one interview when I finished my degree and um, didn't get that. And then I was like, I'm just going to do this business that me and a friend were doing at the time. But I never practiced, certainly went through and did the bar and passed that and everything. Wow. That's uh, what does the the university system look like in New Zealand? Because like in in America, you would have 
parents with a $300,000 student <laughs> loan debt that would be super pissed right now. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing I've always kind of wondered. So we take on the loan ourselves personally here, and the government will, uh-huh. they basically will guarantee that, you, you know, there's no, any person who wants to go to university can, and you can get a loan, but that'll be on you. And then so when you're done, and people get lumped with these loans for their entire lives, basically. Mm. So, and I think uh, oftentimes people just go to uni just because, and then they end up with these loans. But like me, you don't actually use the degree. But yeah, I mean, in the state. So do you not have that same system where you can get a student loan? We do. Oh, right. But people yeah. just don't. Yeah, yeah people can get, get student loans. Is, <laughs> yeah. the, is the cost similar? Listen, and yeah. I'm only asking, I'm thinking about moving because I have two teenagers that are going into college in the next in the next <laughs> two years. And uh, if it's cheaper in New Zealand, we might relocate. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if you're a Kiwi, it's heavily subsidized. But I mean, I think to give you an idea, this is gonna, you're probably gonna laugh at this. I think to go right through law school in New Zealand on the subsidized rate, it probably only cost about 20,000 New Zealand dollars when I went through. Total? (laughs) Total, yeah. Which is probably what. (laughs) Wait, is one New Zealand dollar worth a thousand American dollars? Like the yen or something? What? Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for foreign um, foreigners that come, I think you might be looking at maybe about twenty thousand a year. Um, so maybe more like eighty thousand. But yeah, it's he- heavily subsidized for New Zealanders. But yeah, I mean, it's very cheap. Yeah, and do you have any idea what the? It's it's pretty similar, isn't? It? I would imagine. I know Australia is pretty close. The the dollar, American dollar to New Zealand dollar. Yeah, the the New Zealand dollar is pretty much the same as the Australian and the Canadian. So around just slightly lower so the american dollars might be almost double worth double hours so 40 so to put that in perspective my son is going to an in-state college at michigan state university starting the fall and we just got our estimate and it's thirty thousand dollars a year Hmm. for in-state college like so at that like if he went through law school um which he's not going to do um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that it turns into two hundred thousand dollars real fast. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It, and out of states even worse. I, I guess the the number I was saying as well. That's not including. Uh, that would just be the tuition. That wouldn't be for any um boarding or food or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you're including that in the overall cost. It's that, still way more expensive. Yeah, so it's, usually like tuition will be. I'm trying to remember even what I I went to Michigan State. A while ago, and I'm trying to even remember what it was. It was about that same, you know, about that twenty thousand. I think it was a little bit less yeah. back then per year, and that's but like that's like cheap for most schools yeah. these days. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just it's frustrating because our our system, our our collegiate system in the United States is just so ridiculously expensive. I mean, for mm-hmm. you know, when you look at other countries, you know, I know like in the UK, I think you know you, anybody can go to university. Same thing in in yeah. In New Zealand and a lot of countries and here it's like, yeah, you can go and we'll guarantee you a loan that you'll take the rest of your life to pay off if you get a job outside yeah, of say, college. You know what they it's, won't guarantee you is a job. <laughs> right. Yeah. They'll just guarantee you that yeah. uh, the, the student loans. But so that's cool. So you went to school to be a lawyer, got yeah. out, decided you, you run a business, became an actor. Got a couple of German shepherds. One uh, <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, he's passed away. Uh, but Achilles. <laughs> Achilles. Achilles is is a year old, and uh, and you're married, and and you do you have uh you have you have one on the way, huh? Well, um, yeah, engaged, 
But yeah, I mean, Goddamn I might, might as I saw yeah. a ring. That's all. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> if um, if Ashley, if Ashley listens to this, she'll laugh because we've had to put off the wedding twice. I think oh. because of COVID. Um, oh. You know, one time we had the big glass marquee booked and everything. We've lost thousands in deposits, and yeah. it got to the point where like, let's just let's just not even worry about this for a little bit. But to the second thing you said, yes, Ashley is heavily pregnant at the moment, and I mean, <laughs> heavily maybe, pregnant. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks ish, maybe. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Very, so, so by the time this episode comes out, you she you yeah, might be you a could father. Listen to it with Baby Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so are you guys? Have you guys made new plans for the wedding, or you're just like, let's just get this baby thing out of the way first, and then we'll figure it out? Yeah, I think we. Uh, I think we've sort of loosely made plans for next summer. So basically, a year from now for us. So. But I think that now we've decided, like, let's just pull everything back and just make it. In New Zealand, it's all about outdoor weddings. You know, we'll marquees mm-hmm. out in summer. And I don't know if it's the same in the States or not. But, yeah, I think Ashley's dad, they've got a farm. So we're just going to hire a marquee, put that with a band and just keep it simple. Interestingly enough, another cool tradition in the United States is that we like to go $100,000 in debt for our wedding, too. <laughs> a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's what people do here, too. And I don't get it. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah. I don't. Especially if you get married as many times as I have. I mean, it takes. It really <laughs> starts to starts to add up after a while. Oh, Bob, who's funnier, you or Brent? Me or who? My Brent, your brother, because you're both comedians, are you? I like to say me. Yeah, that's an unbiased <laughs> answer for sure. <laughs> I'll tell you this: I get I get more stage time than he does. <laughs> I mean, he gets ten minutes up front. I get an hour at the end. Also should be noted, I booked the show, so uh, I decide who gets the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, so you're throwing him a bone, then, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, you know, little feller, get him out there, let him tell some jokes, see how it goes. He built the stage that we were that we wow. work on. Yeah, you know, yeah. It broke during our last show. It was funny in our last show. I made a comment about how he was. It was so impressive that he built us this nice platform to stand on. And made a joke about it. And then two minutes later, I turned around and it split and broke and like, oh, no. came apart. <laughs> it played nicely. Yeah, the, yeah, I yeah. did. So yeah. All right. So so you you go to law school, you got all this stuff going on, and then one day you're like, hey, I want to start a podcast. How does how did that happen? Yeah, so um I sort of just became a fan of podcasts. So we do um about five years ago, me and Ash got into sort of the property development game I guess you know like flipping houses Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and so because of that I would end up by myself a lot working you know I do most of the work myself and um you know so because of that I'd have earphones in listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. and I got into the true crime thing especially investigative podcasts I really liked that that kind of thing and and I remember just thinking I thought they were awesome and I always sort of thought I reckon I could do one of these if I ever had time and um or if I had a case that came along and then, uh-huh. yeah, just, I guess, a couple Christmases ago, we were all having a few drinks at Ashley's mother's house, and everyone was just talking, and then there was a local case about this guy, Jordan Vidori, who got shot and killed in a nearby town, and it was never solved, and it was a case that always sort of bothered me, and um, and I remember just saying, that, you know, as you do, you know, after a few drinks, oh, man, I'm going to start a podcast about this. Yeah. And then I and then I did. And then I did. Right. <laughs> Rarely does that follow through to the, yeah. past the hangover. Yeah. Yeah. But I so I just I yeah. just went and bought I had no idea what I was doing and I just sort of went and bought some equipment 
and some, you know, pretty basic equipment. And I just thought, right, well, where's a place to start? And, you know, I did some research and I found there was this quite outspoken woman in that town who owned this antique store that was right next to where he was murdered. And I just walked off the street and into her store and, and it just went from there. It just snowballed. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've listened to some of uh, quite a bit of season one of Guilt, where uh, that's yeah. where you cover that case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and, it, and it's really, and I, and I like its long form investigative uh, mm. work. So for my listeners, like if you like, like, Truth and justice, only with uh, more entertaining and less long interviews that you don't you know, that police recorded on a shitty microphone twenty years ago. <laughs> uh, season one of Guilt's great, and then uh, season two just came. When did season two launch? Well, so season two, um, I think it, I released the first episodes in September, and it just finished now. So, uh, okay, I think the final episode was a couple weeks ago. Then the Q and A episode comes out next week. So. Yeah. Awesome. And and so that's the case we're going to discuss today. I haven't listened to that season yet, uh, but season two guilt covers, uh, it, from what I've read about it, what a bananas case. Yeah. Like uh, the disappearance of a guy named Jim Donnelly from 2004. And I'll let you you tell the story. Yeah. And, and I've got like some Batman Joker vibes going on, like <laughs> super interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you like um, those kind of cases that just leave you scratching your head and every corner you go around turns out there's another corner and then side alleys and then it's um mm-hmm. so the basic thing is there's this guy Jim Donnelly and he's people call him a scientist and you kind of can um he's technically a production engineer but basically a chemical engineer super smart guy who worked at New Zealand's largest steel mill um he gets up one day to go to work you know makes his kids breakfast goes to work signs in puts his muffin on the table and then is never seen again and um that's where it all starts and we're now 18 years on and he's there's been no sign of him so i got in touch with i heard about this case and i was like wow this is this is quite interesting so i got in touch with his wife um tracy who has doggedly just never let this go for all these years and she mm-hmm. She said, hey, yeah, I'd be happy to be involved in a podcast. And um, yeah, so I went and met with her. And yeah, it's just the last, it's been, I guess, eight months I've sort of been investigating that. And um, yeah, it's been completely crazy. And along the way, though, I've just gone through and re-interviewed every person I could find and spoken to people that hadn't been spoken to before. And I I think, um, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you'll find that the story that had been told is not quite the story that probably should have been told. Uh huh. You know, so there's there's a lot there that got glossed over or missed over time, and just some shoddy police work as well. Yeah, but it's a super super interesting case. Yeah. So the you know I read that that he did. It seemed like something was going on in his life or like the week leading up to it. Everybody said he wasn't himself. Yeah, acting well, strange. And th- and that, so that's the thing with this case is that it's not just the guy goes missing. You know, so on the Monday morning he goes to work and he goes missing, but. It all sort of started the previous week. Um, he suddenly wanted to join the Freemasons, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Freemasons. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Decided he wanted to join the Freemasons, and but then sort of that didn't happen. And then he told his wife, he started acting strange and told his wife that he had to go to some meeting. And she's like, what kind of meeting? And he wouldn't explain himself. And he, he said, I need some good clothes for this meeting. So he goes and hires a suit, like a dinner suit, like a nice suit. And um, they're obviously fighting and arguing about it. And But he takes off 
No one knows where he went. No one has any idea, but he was gone for two hours and then he came back. Um, but he said to his wife before he left, I may be um, a bit fragile after this meeting. And she says, do you mean physically or, or mentally? And he says, physically. But he comes back and he's perfectly fine. But then the next day on the Sunday before he disappears, he says to her, I oh, suddenly says, I have to go and avert a crisis in a waste. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then off he goes again for another two hours and no one knows where he went. Well, we, we do, we did pinpoint him to the same location due to an FPOS receipt from him buying, buying some takeaways. And he shows mm-hmm. up at a car park of his friend's work, but he's acting really bizarre. But there's still an hour of lost time there and no one knows. This is 2004 and, you know, we did have CCTV back then, but it's not as prevalent as today. Right. So, you know, there's that mystery about the days before he left. He was acting very, very odd. And then he was the day at the steel mill, the morning he went missing. When I said he put his muffin on the desk and disappeared, he was seen around that time just acting strange. You know, he, one guy that I spoke to said, they saw Jim coming upstairs towards him. And then when Jim saw him, Jim sort of stopped and paused as if he'd been caught, you you know, like didn't know where to go. And then the other guy went the other way. And another person said they saw him sort of turning in multiple directions. And then the biggest part of it is um, his things being found in a vat of acid at the steel mill. That's, that's always been the, um, the real crazy part. Well, so that and that's where I have questions. Because <laughs> the first thing when I was reading about it, I hear you know there's like there was there's a vat of acid that somebody th- th- thought they saw him near or something, and then they get in there, and I'm like, oh, did they like like throw his body in there and it dissolved? But then they said they pulled out like his wallet and his credit card and his Palm Pilot and and stuff like that. So the acid obviously didn't. Do we would that acid that type of acid dissolve a body completely? Yeah, so that's um, it's one of the common sort of misconceptions of this case. I mean, when people, and, and it actually goes both ways, is that it's it's hydrochloric acid, so it's still an acid, but it's not a kind of acid that will dissolve organics. Um, so it won't dissolve. Okay. You could throw meat in there and nothing will happen. But if you if you threw a piece of steel in there, it will dissolve that steel, and it will dissolve other things. Um, but just organics and plastics, it doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in, in the acid vat, so. Five days after he disappeared, suddenly his helmet was found sitting on a walkway. And so during that five days too, the mill had been shut down. People had been searching nonstop. Then suddenly Mm -hmm. his helmet appears next to this vat of acid. And then, of course, because they find the helmet with his name, they check inside the vat. Yeah. And then that's where they find basically what you'd imagine the contents of someone's wallet, like your cards and things. Um Palm Pilot, like you said, his glasses and other things to do with that. Um, but yeah, so in the course of my investigation, I actually found some things out about that acid vat. Um, I don't know how much we want to do spoilers or whatever, but this is well, that's that, up to you. We should, we should probably save mind. save the spoilers for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, but let's just say let's say that you know there were some different. I spoke to a um, one of New Zealand's leading sort of chemistry professors, and there's some properties about the acid that weren't quite what everyone always thought. Um, and there were some other things that went into that vat that the police didn't realize at the time. And so then the question is, the real question is who put those things in the vat? That, that's what the real question is. Was it Jim? Was he, did he put those things in or did someone else put them in there? And that's, that's the million dollar question. 
Well, and 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 then the two million dollar question is where the hell is Jim? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he went into he he was in the building, his car's there, and then he just poof disappeared. Yeah. Like is and and it's been what that was two thousand four, so eighteen, yeah. nineteen years ago. Yeah. No one's ever found his body, nothing. You mentioned the Freemasons thing. That was something that I hadn't heard before, that connection. And that makes that immediately made me think of if you've watched the rebooted Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, the first episode of them coming back was the Ray Rivera case, where who um, just re- really quick, he went missing very, very mysteriously. They found a hole in a roof and found out that he had somehow gone through this roof and died and was found there. But then his personal belongings were like undamaged right next to that hole it was just very 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 weird circumstances comes out later that he was acting strange you know leading up to this he got a phone call and just bolted and left and then all then it comes out that he had been also entertaining the idea of joining the freemasons so it's weird to me this seems like a lot of similarities Mm. just so far if there are any dangerous Freemasons listening right now, I want you to keep in mind that it's Erica, Erica Cantor, who has made that connection. I think you guys are fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with whatever you guys are doing. Erica, though, she's the one you want to look for. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, no, I was going to say, hey, on, um, you know, we've got like a Facebook discussion group and the amount of people that say, mm-hmm. hey, the Ray Riviera case, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Heaps of people. And I mean, actually, uh, I I know of it. I I probably need to go back and 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 watch that. But I think people have that do know that case well have said once they really got into Jim's case, they're like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the Freemasons are sure. loosely involved in this, but it doesn't really line up. Um, sure. But you know, the Freemasons it certainly adds a totally different element to it. Um, but I spoke, to, I've spoken to the Freemasons specifically, and they're not as closed up as they used to be. Like they're much mm-hmm. more open open to speaking now um and i couldn't find any actual connection there but i mean it's still possible I mean, we don't know and sure sure like bob said his body's never been found so yeah and, and to be clear i don't think there was ever like a concrete connection be- made between ray and the freemasons oh, either. now, I think now was... she backs off <laughs> <laughs> no i was actually gonna say uh i'm sure that's what they told you because that's what they want you to think is that they're are those so the... open now yeah. <laughs> are those the same fellers that ride around on those tiny little motorcycles at the parades i don't think they do that you know what i'm talking here. about no i have no the, idea. the shriners the shriners you ever seen those guys no, they dress sure. up in weird costumes and at the parades they write is it maybe that only happens in my tiny little town <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> they have they're grown men big grown men they wear funny hats and they ride around on teeny tiny little motorcycles and do tricks ah uh, they no? gi- like okay. gypsies or county folk i don't know <laughs> i thought they were freemasons <laughs> Shriner, somebody listening is going to chime in and 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 let you guys know that I'm haven't lost my mind. This is a thing. They're called Shriners. I always always I was always led to believe they were part of the Freemasons, and uh, and I certainly hope this turns out that I'm the smart one and you guys are the dumb ones here and not the other way around when we figure out to get to the bottom of this. Well, you did start the episode by thinking that New Zealand was in Europe, so that's true. I didn't say I thought it was. I was just. It, in also, my now you're mind, backtrack, Bob. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, my, <laughs> in my in my mind, I read New Zealand, and I'm like, oh, this guy's up and boring. I was for some reason, my brain saw that and thought Norway, and 
I think yeah. people think Basically that because they, I, I think they just um, they think of mountains and snow and and rivers, and they think, oh, it must be some Scandinavian country. Um, right. Yeah. To be clear, I know where New Zealand is. <laughs> it just didn't click. <laughs> no, no, when I hey, read that's it on fine. The paper. Well, honestly, it's fine. You don't need to. Like we get it. It's that place. <laughs> it's down by Australia. They don't have a moon. Uh, <laughs> At least not the same one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the jury's out on what kind of moon or whose moon they have. Mm. Uh, uh, but this has been fun. I, and I, it, it, I'm telling my listeners to go listen. But I, I'm anxious to listen to season two of Guilt because this story, just reading it, is mm. super interesting. And I said so I've listened to some of season one. I like your style. There, you cut in the interviews. Your sound design's great. Um, so and definitely it, yeah. check that out. I, when I go back to, and I listen to season one, like I kind of cringe. I'm like, oh, because yeah, you yeah. know, it's like everybody does that, <laughs> you know, because it, it's a work. And at the beginning, you don't really know what you're doing. And, and mm-hmm. over time, like I look back, I listen to season two and I'm like, okay, th- this is okay. And I go back and I'm like, oh God, but people still really love it. So I guess it must be okay. Yeah. But, and believe me, there'll come a time when you're on season 12, where you'll go back to season two and be oh. like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> I know. But that's the beauty of my favorite thing. And this is, this is a good, a uh, good point to, before we go on our, our hiatus here to point out that one thing that we've tried to do, well, you know, we support the big shows too, but and not, not, I'm not even talking big little, but the independent <clears throat> content creators, it's getting harder and harder for people like you and like us to come in and not be attached to Amazon or Spotify or some huge network, but just to come out and learn ourselves and do the work. And, and over the last two years, we've had hundreds over a hundred independent creators like yourself. And yours is, yours is one of the best you do. You've done a fantastic job. His name is Ryan Wolf and the podcast is called guilt Season two just wrapped up, so you can listen to season one and season two. Season two covers this crazy case we just talked about, the case of uh, the disappearance of Jim Donnelly. Check it out. Could be your next true crime binge. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and for you listeners, it's really been a pleasure. And Erica, over these these last couple of years, and uh, and, and we should be back. We'll, we'll probably be we'll back. We'll be back. We've got to say, we will, we'll be back. We'll be back. I hope so. Thanks for having me, guys. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And once again, that's Ryan Wolf. The podcast is called Guilt. Check it out. Could be your next big true crime binge. Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Kelly Barron's Brink. Our production manager and co-host is Erica Cantor. Music and show artwork was created by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com and episode artwork is created by John Hayes. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is truecrimebinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. Make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. And thank you so much for listening. And make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge. 
you're 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 very welcome, and it's been great meeting you. And and what am I doing? I need Kelly. Uh, I need to redo that. Trailing on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have like I end every episode exactly the same every time. Yeah, Yeah. and then (laughs) I try to change it up. Are you gonna get emotional? Okay, watch bubble. Start, start. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can put this stuff as bloopers at the end. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. But watch this perfect edit to come in there. <laughs>